This is 10 News Conference. We're here with Ashley Kalis. She's the only Republican right now running for governor in Rhode Island. Ashley, thank you for joining us. We have a lot of ground to cover right now. So I want to start with a question that I think is on a lot of people's minds. Yeah. You're not from Rhode Island. You've only been here for less than a year. Are you knowledgeable enough on the policies in Rhode Island to be the governor of the state? Yeah, I think I am. Um, and also what people don't know um, is that uh, my husband was here for eight years. Uh, he trained uh, at Brown and then started his practice at Hasbro Rhode Island Hospital. Uh, we have a, uh, a nonprofit, Comedy Plus, that was started here and it has completed 15 missions to Peru and it had to stop during COVID, but uh, we're hoping to start again. In 2008, we were engaged here. Uh, we hoped to start our life here, uh, but we couldn't afford to. Uh, we had $250,000 in student loans, so we had to leave. Um, but we're back. We always wanted to come back, and I love Rhode Island. So you said that you were here for eight years. In those eight years, is there anything political policy-wise that stands out in your mind that you remember that you know you thought I could come back later and make change? Is, were you paying attention to politics back then? I, I mean, I was younger. I was in my 20s, not as much as I am now, now that I'm a mom, now that I have children in school. All of these issues become much more relevant as you have children and you want to protect their future. Uh, definitely uh, having to leave where you want to be and go somewhere else makes an impact on you. You start thinking about the economy and growth um, and how that impacts you as an individual and how government can um, help with growth so that people like myself uh, can stay and don't have to leave for opportunity. And that's what I want for Rhode Island is I want our children to be able to stay in Rhode Island because there's enough economic opportunity here. There, um, there isn't now. There wasn't when I had to leave. And so when I've come back, it's the same stuff that it always was. And we need change. You label yourself as an outsider, and I feel like that's kind of the new hot term that candidates use just to kind of gain ground. So what specifically makes you a political outsider, and why do you think that that would resonate in a state where, let's be honest, there are barely any outsiders in office? Uh, well, I'm an outsider because this is my first time running for political office. I am not beholden to anyone. And we need that in Rhode Island. We need somebody that only cares about the people of Rhode Island and not the special interests. Do you think there's corruption in Rhode Island right now? Yes. Anything specific? Nothing specific, but I think that special interests and uh, insiders have uh, too much influence over government. And I think that we need somebody who only cares about the people of Rhode Island. And that's what you'll get with me as governor. I am not beholden to anyone, and I only care about the people of Rhode Island and doing what's best for the people. But can you name any special interest groups that are currently swaying politics in Rhode Island if you're saying this is what you're running on, being an outsider because you don't have this connection? Any special interest groups? I mean, there are tons of them. Just look, go look at the list of lobbyists and you'll be able to see who has uh, influence. It is, it is throughout the entire system that there are issues with insiders. And the result is um, the fact that our economy isn't booming, that our education system hasn't been reformed, that there is an opportunity. So we don't need specific people. We have a system that has failed the people of Rhode Island. I want to move on to um, the COVID testing company that you ran here in Rhode Island. Obviously, this has been in the headlines recently. So the Rhode Island Department of Health said that they cut ties with your company because of receiving over 100 complaints. Those complaints range from the testing site closing early to long waits. 
um, people not getting their results back, staff not wearing masks. If this small company was such a challenge for you to manage, as it seems, why should Rhode Islanders trust you with managing the state? So let me address that statement. We did over 426,000 tests, and I've heard about 100 complaints. And the first time I heard about it, too, was in the paper. Uh, so that is a 0.00023 ratio. I hear more complaints about Governor, uh, Governor McKee uh, on a daily basis. Do you think that the other companies in Rhode Island that have run these testing sites, would you say that they've likely received as many complaints? Is that something that you've looked into when you're arguing that, you know, out of all of these people that we actually took in, these are the number of complaints? So I, I want to focus on that because I actually find that released rather um, upsetting. And it is upsetting because my workers worked very hard for Rhode Island. The lines, we didn't even control the scheduling. That was DOH that controlled the scheduling. The complaints are about their process. But our workers risked their lives for Rhode Island. I did as well. I uh, had to uh, go away from my children when my occupational risk was too high. So I find this attack to be completely unacceptable. Um, and it really, um, is why we need an outsider. It's why we need somebody that is different that wants to make a change. Did you ever observe any of these complaints happening when you went to these testing sites because you were in charge? Did you see staff members not wearing masks or not changing gloves in between swabs on different patients? These complaints are likely false. We had compliance officers at all of the sites. I don't know what some person calls in and says, but I can tell you that if there was a complaint um, that got to our team, we addressed it. Um, but remember, in terms of the number of sites and the number of tests, the complaint, it's 0.00023 ratio is really small. And the timing of this is very convenient. And at any time, DOH could have brought this to our attention as a problem, and they never did. Until now that I'm running uh, for governor. And you know, actually in December, um, when Blake decided not to run um, and my name got floated, things changed between us. It, with DOH. And I find that interesting and I also find that um, disappointing. Do you feel as though DOH is unfairly targeting you in any way? Uh, based on what happened yesterday? Based on all of this, this being in the headlines, you said you weren't aware of that until you read it in a newspaper about the complaints? They never uh, cited that as an issue with our contract. I have been concerned about patient safety and compliance issues the entire time, um, I, my entire career. And coming on this contract, I was as well. I actually had some concerns at the very beginning and I escalated those concerns appropriately. And at no point when they were resistant to change did they ever bring up issues with uh, patient complaints with me. They had plenty of opportunities to do that. Now, that being said, uh, you're now in mediation over this with the McKee administration. Why should Rhode Islanders, why would they want somebody in office who already has conflict with the current administration and conflict with the health department that this person would have to work with? You know, whoever the governor is, they have to work with the health department. Well, the director is gone. The deputy director is gone and the head of testing is gone. So um, in terms of the health department, it needs an overhaul. The leadership is, is gone, it's changed. Now, in terms of working with McKee, I mean, you want to, let's talk about the current governor, if, if you'd like. Um, Gina Raimondo didn't talk to him for a year. Uh, his chief of staff had to resign 
His DMV uh, director was under investigation. Uh, he is handing out uh, contracts and bonuses in order to get votes. And he's under uh, FBI investigation. So I don't think I'm going to have to work with him. I plan to be governor. Now, let's talk about the economy because Rhode Island has suffered tremendously like every other state since the start of the pandemic. And one of the topics that has been discussed is lowering the state sales tax. What's your feelings on that? So I want to say before us is the challenge of the next half century. Um, and we need a leader with gigantic aspirations, with an agenda so bold that an economic agenda so bold that it taps into the hopes and dreams of all Rhode Islanders. So first, we need to provide a world-class education to all students, no matter their zip code. I will be the education governor. If we have the brain power, companies will want to come here. Second, we need to create a comp more competitive business environment, which gets to your question, right? We need to stop bribing businesses uh, to be here and instead create the environment in which they want to come here. And that would include looking at all taxes and being more competitive. Third, we need to leverage our assets. Uh, we have everything here. We are the gateway to New England. We have interstates, railway, an international airport, deep water ports, 400 miles of coastline. If we do those things, companies will want to come here. And the ones that we have, the great companies that we have, will want to remain. Um, the other thing, the fourth thing, is that we need to be great at something. Uh, Massachusetts has biopharma, Connecticut has insurance, uh, and New York has finance. If we have the political will, this will be a time of unparalleled success for Rhode Island. Well, you might be offending some people by saying Rhode Island isn't great at anything. We just need, we need something. We need an industry, something that defines us. Um, it would, we are, we're great at many things. We just need a thing. Uh, so another possibility is the gas tax to help the economy to, you know, postpone the gas tax. There are two bills right now. Which one do you support and uh, why do you think that, you know, we should do it that way, that this is how we should help Rhode Islanders? So I believe we should suspend the gas tax. The reason for that is because um, gas taxes hurt working families the most. Um, it, it is a flat tax, which is regressive in nature. Uh, so that is why I would support it. It's just giving a break to working families, which we really, we just need right now. It's not forever. It's just helping during this time. The real answer is gonna be growth. That's what we need to do. And in order to grow, we need to be more competitive. And that's what um, I refer to when I'm talking about creating a better business environment. That is the long-term solution. The gas tax is a short-term solution to reduce some pain, but the long-term solution is for us to be more competitive so we can grow. How long would you suspend the gas tax for, and then how would you compensate for the revenue loss from that? I think that we can find a way to compensate for the revenue loss. Um, if there's political will, there is a way right now. Uh, in terms of the timeline, I would be flexible. Uh, I would just like it to be done. We just need to get involved and help working families now. You were at the uh, forum with all of the other candidates yes. running for governor yesterday, and you're the only candidate who does not support using state health care dollars to pay for abortion. That's obviously a hot topic right now with the leaked memo from the Supreme Court. Could this hurt you in this race? So let me, let's be clear, because I want to be very clear on something um, about um, the ability to get an abortion. I think it's important. Um, Nothing changes for Rhode Islanders if Roe v. Wade is overturned. The right to 
uh, an abortion is enshrined in Rhode Island law. It was in 2019. If you're asking or referring to the fact that I am pro-life, that is a, a personal uh, uh, stance that I have. So you wouldn't um, push it upon others? No, I am, I am pro-life and I'll tell you why. Um, I was preeclamptic in all three of my pregnancies. I um, had my oldest son, Leo, at 37 weeks. He was under five pounds. Uh, he was really small. He was my baby then and he was always my, my baby. Uh, I also struggled with infertility um, and IVF. So life means something to me. It's personal. But would you push that on other people if anything were to happen in Rhode Island? Because it's possible that, you know, the Supreme Judicial Court decision here is appealed. Push that meaning, meaning? Meaning would you support the right to have abortion in Rhode Island if that's what Rhode Islanders want? That is already enshrined in Rhode Island law. Rhode but Islanders if it were appealed because the group that is challenging it is saying that they might appeal it. So if you were in office when that were to happen, what would you so do? I, I'm not gonna do hypotheticals I don't, don't think are gonna happen. I mean, it is enshrined in Rhode Island law. Um, you know, it's enshrined in Rhode Island law. I don't know if it's a total hypothetical when they tweeted that they're thinking of. People tweet a lot it. of things. As that as is you know. true. That is true. Um, I do want to bring up another topic as well from uh, yesterday's forum. So everyone was asked who they admire for politicians, and you mentioned Governor DeSantis of Florida. Do you think that view would be considered polarizing for Rhode Island? Perhaps too polarizing. I hope not, because I look at results um, and. When I'm looking at him, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a state that has a booming economy and everybody wants to be there. I'm looking at a governor that invested in a level one trauma center that is invested in adoption and uh, foster services. So I, I suppose it, it depends on what you're looking at, but what I'm looking at is results. I'm, because okay. that is the end of 10 News Conference, the number one and longest running political shows in Southern New England. As a reminder, you can watch this at turn to 10com for all of our interviews. For now, I'm Tamara Sikarsdick. Thank you for turning to 10.